Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. Many people are really good at DIY, that would be the acronym for do it yourself. But some of us have no skills at all and the thought of DIY is scary, especially depending on the project itself and what would be needed to make it functional again. And depending on the dilemma, a need is created to reach out to a specialist professional expert to provide a viable solution and remedy for our dilemma because we have come to know we are incapable and inefficient. Have you ever felt that way? What if I told you there was someone with a capital S who has everything to make you adequate and equipped for every good work? Why don't you go to them like the plumber, mechanic, or accountant? Is it because you really don't know them? You got your tanks. Let's dive in. This segment is titled Discipleship the Way of Life. You gotta have tools. Why is it so easy for most of us beyond changing a light bulb or even a light socket for that matter to seek out someone who has a higher level of expertise than we do for jobs we need? I will testify I am a duct tape and zip tie guy and can complete some of the best riggers out there. But duct tape and zip ties also have their limitations. But let's talk about real experts. I mean real experts. Plumbers, mechanics, accountants, pilots, firemen, nurses, teachers, doctors. And of course now I'll add tractor trailer drivers. Just to name a few. You have a water or gas leak under your foundation. Do you have all the tools to locate, assess, start and successfully complete that repair? Do you possess the wisdom, endurance, and perseverance, especially patience, to work through the circumstance, events, and trials you face with a task like that? That engine is making a noise you never heard before. Can you assess it and have the tools to open that hood and get right to work and fix it? Do you know what separates a novice mechanic from a professional? First, it's the breadth of knowledge and length of training, and then it's the experience, and then it's the instinctive and conditioned skills and the capacity to make a correct assessment. And then it's putting it all back together when all the nuts and bolts are off the table, and that, my fellow disciples, is just in the physical. Ever consider your spirituality? I think it's true personal growth. When you are able to admit to yourself and others for that matter that you are incapable and inefficient to attack, work through, and be victorious to fix a particular problem. And that would be in the physical. What about the spiritual problems? And remember, my fellow disciples, that's in our physical existence. But you must remember, your physical existence is directly related to your spiritual existence. That's the plain old truth. For me, I don't have a table saw or a miter saw. So trim and molding and all those wooden projects are outside my scope of experience, expertise, and capabilities, let alone not the tools. So it would make total sense and good judgment to reach out to someone like my son-in-law who has those kinds of tools and the skills, I might add, to make it look quality and beautiful compared to my jagged edges, uneven cuts with a handsaw. Just this weekend, I needed to replace a toilet. I know there are so many of you out there that could successfully replace it probably with your eyes closed and in the dark. Well... 
I'm not that good. I needed to replace the toilet. What amazes me about the only true God, his timeliness of currency. So this God cast is about tools, right? And I need to replace a toilet. Hmm. And what do tell do I need? Tools. And what made me feel so good is I had some of the tools, but I needed additional ones in order to successfully make our waste station successful and useful. Oh, yes, many would say, oh, just watch the video. And yes, I did watch the video, but I still needed to contact my experienced son-in-law because I faced a struggle, corroded metal, and part failure. <sighs> And I will tell you, my fellow disciples, I am not a plumber. I'm a disciple that's a husband, dad, papa, friend, and professional driver, just to name a few. Plumber? No. Doesn't it seem under the norm when someone has the tools, they pretty much can use them? Would you be in agreement with that statement? Now let's remove the inheritance out of that. I'm talking about people who actually go out and purchase or obtain equipment that they can actually use and use it to the level that one would may say is a professional, but they are not earning a living at it. I think having enough tools and skills to be able to accomplish something and then maybe making it functional, but to remove and replace it, that has professional written all over it. I mean someone who we seek out and then pay to step into our place and put the mechanical piece back in full working order. Let me ask you, why do you use other tools than the tools that are required for some of the tasks? I mean, why a butter knife instead of the needed slotted screwdriver? And why the kitchen knife instead of the utility knife? Why would the slotted spoon work compared to the ladle? Let me ask you this. Are people tools? I know a candle would work to cook food, but isn't a fire or a stove more sensible to accomplish the task much more efficiently and timely? Are you catching my drift? Again, may I ask, how can it be so easy in the physical to reach out to help someone or excuse me, to reach out to someone for help who we deem more experienced in our physical realm needs and then go fully unequipped, uneducated, inexperienced, bare, unfitted, empty, unqualified, untrained, illiterate, ill-informed, and unfamiliar in our spiritual course, passage, and quest. I'll ask you again, how can it be so easy in the physical to reach out for help to someone we deem more experienced for our physical realm needs and go fully unequipped, uneducated, inexperienced, bare, unfitted, empty, unqualified, untrained, illiterate, ill-informed, and unfamiliar in our spiritual course, passage, and quest, especially since our physical aspect of life is temporary and our spiritual life is eternal. We spend more focus and more time in the physical, and it's passing away. Though the outer man is decaying, the inner man's being renewed day by day. But we spend more time on the decaying than the renewal.
Hmm, interesting. It seems to me, by looking around you, and I look around myself near and far, and most are fully consumed with this physical realm and focus totally on humanity as enemies, completely ignoring the struggle that exists from our own corrupt natures and fully oblivious to the numerous ranks of evil spirits and devils who freely operate with a spiritual and physical government within this physical realm and in the cosmos. I know you would want and expect proof because I pray that you have found why you tune into Diving Deep with DL is you get God's word and truth to support the claims and points and God's truth to refute the lies. Amen? So, let's dive into some passages today. But before we do, remember all the passages in the episode summary for you to go back and read, study, and meditate on God's Word. Amen? And by the way, that would be Psalm 1, 1 through 1-3, coming alive in you. Now here's the point again. Many are completely ignoring the struggle that exists and are fully oblivious to the numerous ranks of evil spirits and devils who are freely and fully operational within the physical realms and in the cosmos. You got your tanks. Let's dive in. Listen to Ephesians 6.12. For a struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. There you have it, directly from God. That our struggle is not against flesh and blood. God is making it very clear that the melanin of one's skin, nor where they're born, nor their name is who your struggle is really against. Please understand, that's deception to keep you distracted from the infiltration of the world forces of darkness and the spiritual forces of wickedness right next to you. And for some, could be right in your home. I guess the better way of saying it is these rulers, powers, world forces of darkness and spiritual forces of wickedness have to be occupying something in order to move freely on this planet. Now I have proof, but let me first ask you a theological question and then you kind of ponder on that and then we can move on from there. If evil occupation was before and during Jesus' time, is evil occupation in the human existence still occurring today? Let me ask you again. If evil occupation was before and during Jesus' time, is evil occupation in the human existence still occurring today? Well, I would hope your answer was yes, DL. And as a good disciple, we are reading, studying, and meditating and acting on Jesus' words. Now, listen to this truth. First, it's Luke 7.21. At that time, he cured many people of diseases and afflictions and evil spirits, and he gave them sight to many who were blind. Cured many people of evil spirits. That sounds like to me that evil spirits are not good and need curing. And curing them because they 
were occupying a person. Luke 8, 2. And also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sickness. Mary, who was called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. Hmm. Had gone out. Must mean lived in. How about Luke 11.26? Then it goes and takes along seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they go in and live there. And the last state of the man becomes worse than the first. So not only you can be occupied by an evil spirit, multiple apparently, but the state of the man sounds like condition and position. Acts 19.12 So that the handkerchiefs or aprons were even carried from his body to the sick and the disease left them and the evil spirits went out. Well, it sounds like if evil spirits went out, they were in those humans in their innermost being. You know what I mean? Under the skin. Now listen to this truth. It's 1 Corinthians 2, 11 through 13. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. So, my fellow disciples, please testify as to what the spirit of the world is capable of. And if you're a disciple of Jesus, you know what the spirit of God is capable of. Look around you. You tell me what you see and see what the spirit of the world is capable of. Let me ask you again, my fellow disciples, if evil occupation is in human existence before and during Jesus' time, is evil occupation in the human essence still occurring today? It's truly heartbreaking to see and hear people that confess they follow Jesus and identify themselves as a quote-unquote Christian and yet display intrinsic non-Christ-like behaviors that are unloving, exhibiting animosity, and participating in a vision tactics and strategies within the ecumenical community which is a direct conflict with God's preordained plan of unity or is it in direct conflict to God's preordained plan hmm it seems that the masses and a large majority of the few are so easily influenced and consumed with the superficial elements of religion, race, color, socioeconomic conditions, and are actively contributing and are driving a wedge in a community through the inaccurate information, social media dainty morsels, religious hostilities, using political, economic, industrial, and domestic platforms. Although being what one would say are zealous for their quote-unquote faith, but in reality, if the truth be known, they have become useful instruments for the adversary that hovers in the shadows of this physical existence. 
and all possess a complete and unimpeded focus in and around the flesh and blood and is in total opposition to what God said the spiritual struggle and battle really exists. Do you remember what God says in Ephesians 6.12? Let me remind you, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now look around you. Tell me what you see. The plain old truth, over the course of humanity's existence, the enemy has proven his ancient strategies and tactics have brought down and derailed some of the most kingly, priestly, knightly, queenly, well-born, superior, high-minded, and self-confident individuals. And the common man is also caught up in a spiritual net that is cast by the demons that are born into their evil existence. Now, I suppose you would say born, and you would want proof, because I said born, so here it is. It's 1 John 3.10. By this the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one that does not love his brother. So let me ask you, you have to be born of the Spirit then you must be born of the devil, N-G-A. So if God is saying children, how do they arrive if they're not born? So spiritual truth, born into existence. All of it, every bit of it, is designed to create confusion leading to division within the body, and the aim is to distort the truth of the only true God. All of this work is to accomplish the infiltration of the rulers, the powers, the world forces of darkness, and the spiritual forces of wickedness, and that's what's truly going on under the skin, my fellow disciples. That's the simple truth. Your struggle is not with a gentle, passive enemy. It's an old serpent, experienced in the art of deception and temptation, that possesses power. Listen again the rulers against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness. With principalities, those are territories, countries, and domains. And powers, that's control, influence, authority, force, strength, and drive. And rulers, those are leaders, heads, commanders, and overseers. And creating division where there must be unity. So yeah, why would you pull up a website, get a hammer, wrench, calculator, stethoscope, ruler, keys, phone, laptop, and a jackhammer to go through that slab? And then go to the gym, fitness center, or a spa for your physical needs of transformation. Yet one's spirituality is on holiday, atrophying, and stagnant. Because instead of called, you remain incognito. Instead of being sent... You desire to remain in the same position and condition. When you to stay, you prefer to withdraw from. And going well MIA would be a better description. For some, it's MIA at their work posts. Spouses, MIA in their spiritual duties within their marriages. Parents, MIA with their families. Siblings, MIA. And the consequence is space. Space, room, break, opening, gap. But you leave yourself vulnerable for the evil one. And it comes in and around one's essence and gains admittance. 
and the koinonia, which is a true discipleship, fellowship, communion with God and other fellow disciples, begin to create breaches and separations at all levels and degrees. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. If it's active and inactive, alive or dead, near or far, blind or see, upside down against that wall over there. Wait a second. Wait a second. Hmm. Job 12. Hmm. Who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In whose hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind? Hmm. Alright. Enough of this darkness. Let's go into the light, my fellow disciples. And you want to know why? Because it's John 1 5. The light shines in a darkness, and a darkness did not comprehend it. Darkness cannot comprehend Jesus, because he is the light of the world, as John 8:12 testifies. Amen. If people are tools, then a tool you will need is unity with other tools within the unity. So, my fellow disciples, what kind of tools do you need to be victorious in your struggle? Well, it's not the ruler, calculator, pencil, or fitness center, or even the building that you gather. It's the unity of the dwelling of God the Holy Spirit within the essence of God and other disciples of Jesus. And this unity is the unity within the body. This is how God designed unity to be amongst their disciples. Listen, it's 1 Corinthians 12, 20. But now they are many members, but one body. 1 Corinthians 12, 25. So that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. As disciples of Jesus, we are chosen by God individually. But God's body is not individual silos gathered into a larger one. No. It's one silo housing many individual bodies. And as his disciples, we are called into many functions in different uses with different gifts, talents for the equipping and building up of the body as useful tools in God's toolbox, which is this planet where they have placed us. Listen to Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. So, may I ask you, my fellow disciples, if you're not an apostle, or a prophet, or a pastor, or teacher, then what are you, my fellow disciples?
I pray you said confidently and humbly, evangelist, DL evangelist. Yes. If you're not a apostle, prophet, pastor, or teacher, you must be an evangelist. You are called ecclesia by God. Y-O-U. You. With the Holy Spirit's occupation to preach the gospel. And that gospel message is right here. It's 1 Corinthians 2.2. 2. And when I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech and or of wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now cogitate on this fact. At the time this command was given by the disciples, I'm getting ready to do it now, 1 Corinthians 2.2, 2, I'm going to it. But by the time this command is given to the disciples by Jesus, Jesus is alive. 10-4. Listen, it's Luke 9, 2-6. And he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over the demons and to heal diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. And he said to them, Take nothing for your journey, neither a staff, nor a bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not even have two tunics apiece. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that city. And as for those who do not receive you, as you go out from the city, shake the dust of your feet as a testimony against them. Departing, they began going throughout the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. I wonder if the initial disciples would think what they hear about the gospel today is different than what Jesus taught them. Because Jesus is alive. So they went to proclaim the kingdom of God as Jesus called it the gospel. Hmm. Maybe that will explain why one hears more stuff compared to the kingdom of God because you would have to know about the kingdom of God in order to proclaim the kingdom of God. I will ask, are you hearing about the kingdom of God in the gathering of your member unity? In other words, you would have to know Jesus in order to talk about Jesus. Hmm. God created, by his sovereign, preordained plan, a design for what unity is and his body should look like, act upon, and lived out. It's Romans 12, titled, Dedicated Service. Hold on one second. Romans 12. Okay, Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, 
but to think as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, and all members do not have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly, if prophecy according to the proportion of his faith, if service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, and he who gives with liberality, he who lends with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heat burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now I'm going to send you this one in a bubble. The specific differences each member brings into the body is a uniqueness which reflects the diversity of God, and his beauty is reflected in the beauty of his creation, as each individual is made in their image. Go back and read, study, and meditate on Genesis 1.26. Amen? All members of Jesus' body is equipped with the occupation and work of God the Holy Spirit and is created and designed to serve the only true God through the finished work of Jesus. And these passages will prove it. First, it's John 14, 16. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. Sounds like occupation, engagement, living, and assignment to me. Next is John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. It appears to me that God the Holy Spirit is the teacher of all things and able to stimulate this finite mind to remember all that Jesus has said to me, you. I pray it's you and not them. Amen. And finally, Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. 
workmanship, works, and beforehand? Sounds like to me, God knows. These passages confirm the truth of God and the wonderful promises he has made. And the members of the body are the beneficiaries of these gifts bestowed upon us, his disciples, by God himself. And God will supply all your needs. Listen to this promise in Philippians 4.19. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And I love talking to some of the brothers and I ask him, when you say all, does it mean some or most? All is all your needs. And you know what? Your earthly toolbox, it must have some things. A lamp, a sword, a spirit, the bread, living water, armor. Oh, my fellow disciples, remember God's armor. And you know what the toolbox is? Listen very carefully. Listen closely. Listen to the toolbox. Y-O-U. You are the toolbox. It's not an outside physical thing. You are the toolbox. Where are you going to get the tools? Who are you going to get them from? There's only one person. God the Holy Spirit. That's the plain old truth. You will need a lamp because God knows of the darkness. If he delivers you from the snare of the trappers because he knows where the trapper is. And we know that not everything in the world has done this in whose hand is the life of every living thing, the breath of all mankind. A lamp, Psalm 119.105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's word unearthens you and removes your mind to God's truth from the world's lies. Truth you would not have known. God reveals what is incorrect in our understanding, what's eternally dangerous, and provides direction in our way and work on this earth covered by a veil of impenetrable darkness. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 6.23. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? So may I ask, how great do you think your adversary makes the darkness in this world? And if the darkness within one's essence is great, what about the external darkness? Hmm. If physical darkness, and I mean pitch black, if that's a physical existence, could that be the relatability to the external which would be the spiritual darkness of a person? You must have a sword. This, my fellow disciples, is the word of God. Listen, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and is piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart sword of the spirit is the word of God. You must have bread. You need physical bread, food to live. Besides, you can only live three weeks without physical food. The rule of three, three minutes without air, three hours without shelter, three days without food, and three, uh, excuse me, three days without water, and three weeks without food. Jesus is the breath of life. Unless the bread of life, 
and the breath of life are in you, you're dead. And from the bread of life, you will receive eternal manna, an eternal dependence for support, comfort, strength to grow spiritually. John 6.33 For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. And John 6.48 I am the bread of life. Water is important. Living water comes from within a disciple's essence. John 6.38 Correction, John 7.38 He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. You will be in motion like a river. The grace and well-being is from the Spirit of God. The Spirit quickens the biblical truths and principles of God's word, will, commands, and the evidence is the fruit that appears in and through your spiritual life. You must have shelter. Listen to Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and is safe. God is the only place for spiritual rest. And when you are fatigued spiritually, you can take refuge in God. And God will lift you up above your enemies. And lastly, armor. As delicate as the skin may be, your spiritual strength comes from within your innermost being. This armor is not someone else's that you get handed down to you. No, this is God's armor, and it's battle-ready and tested. You must have it on in order to stand firm. You can find God's armor in Ephesians 6, 10-17, and in Diving Deep with D.L., uh, Discipleship to Way of Life, Armor of God, Episodes 5-9. through nine. So, may I ask, what tools do you currently possess? And, if most of the tools are in your physical, just think how much more of an effective disciple you would be in the struggle if your belt of truth had the same and greater focus in your spiritual growth and development than you placed in the physical. Two passages to leave you today with encouragement. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scriptures inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work. My fellow disciples, regardless of what any man says, God says adequate, equipped for every good work. There is not one other piece of literature on this planet and throughout history that could make and fulfill that claim, adequate and equipped for every good work, except for God and his word. That's the plain old truth. Exodus 31, 3-5. I have filled him with the spirit of God and wisdom, and understanding, and knowledge, and all kinds of craftsmanship. To make artistic designs for work in gold and silver and in bronze, and in cutting of stones for setting, and in the carving of wood, that he may work in all kinds of craftsmanship. God's work hath filled him with the Spirit of God, has given him wisdom, given him understanding, given him knowledge, all kinds of craftsmanship, to work in all kinds of craftsmanship. 
If God has completed his work then, they're still working today. He's the same. Hasn't changed. There's your Hebrews 13.8. As we head back up, take this with you. You're not being deceived to believe that you can DIY regarding your spiritual growth and development, are you? You're not being deceived to believe you will prevail in the struggle against the rulers and the powers, against the world forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness without any tools, are you? You're not thinking and believing it's all DIY, are you? 1 Peter 2.23 And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. Key mindset of Jesus, keep entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. The command, hears these words of mine and acts to them. So, keep entrusting yourself to him who judges righteously. Amen. Please understand, my fellow disciples, you must keep seeking the things above as Colossians 3 testifies. Take your mind off of this place. The smoke and mirrors, schemes and deceptions. You must make act on, remember Matthew 7, hear these words of mine as Jesus said, who is the author and perfecter of faith and fix your eyes on Jesus as Hebrews 12 testifies. Haven't you been deceived long enough? Please tell me. You want to walk in the light. Listen to this promise of Jesus. It's John 8, 12. Then Jesus again spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Here's the truth of God that proves to the point and all other points regarding what you really see on this planet. It's 1 John 3:10b. By this the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Sounds like to me God is saying there are only two people types on this planet regardless of what the rulers the powers will tell you. Remember, God has only made these categories of workers: apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. Do you see yourself as an evangelist if you're not an apostle, prophet, pastor, or teacher? And remember 1 Corinthians 2.11 For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Cogitate on this. The spirit of God knows the thoughts of God. You, as a disciple of Jesus, have the spirit of God living and working in you. That's John 14, 6, coming alive in you. Now, God is thinking about you, his child, disciple, royal priesthood, nation, people, member. And he would because of whose you are. And all of a sudden you move, although you had not planned nor had any intention to move. Hold your hand out. You did it without any command. Now wiggle your fingers. Again, no command, you just moved. What would be more profound? God having to tell you to move, or he thinks it, you, and you move. Listen, Matthew 9, 4 through 6. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why are you thinking evil in your hearts? What is easier 
to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk but so that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins then he said to the paralytic get up pick up your bed and go home and he got up picked up his bed and went home that my fellow disciples is how the spirit of god works in and through his disciples god is truly amazing let me pray for you abba we love you and we thank you for today this is a day the lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it abba there's so much to ask for and i would just ask that you would bring forth your spirit into the life of someone today that's listening you are taking it to places that i've never known even existed someone you're touching someone's life be glorified in and through me today and into their lives today hear their cry touch their essence bring forth your light remove them from the domain of darkness into your marvelous light so that they may true proclaim who you are and what you've done and they too can say i was lost but god found me bring forth your light your love your word your truth your spirit and i pray and ask these things in jesus name amen well, thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great day of worship and keep walking the way. <laughs>